Today, I'm talking about the do's and don'ts of partnerships. Now, full disclosure, I recorded this episode quite a while back um, and I never released it because I just, I had a sense of nervousness around getting it out into the world. Well, times have changed, my friends. (laughs) Times have changed and I am feeling like I want to share this with you. I'm ready to share this with you. And it comes at a really good time because today I've launched my course um, again, which is called Talent Manager Bootcamp. And it is so much about collaboration, community over competition and connecting with others. Um, so much so that I've created an agency, actually a talent agency called Studio Talent Collective, where I bring in managers from lots of different um, studios and they represent their artists within my agency. So, you know, that's that's just a separate side note. Um, I wanted to share that with you because I am very much about collaboration right now. It's And I even just went into a masterclass with um, one of my mentors, Tina Tower, this morning and did a masterclass that she was presenting um, on collaborations and affiliates and partnerships. So I'm just feeling this vibe right now, but whatever you do, you must know the do's and don'ts, okay? You must know the do's and don'ts, and that's what this episode is about. But moreover, um, before we kick off and before we get into that pre-recorded podcast, which, I again, I did a little while back, but I'm going to share with you today, if you are a studio owner or a performing arts teacher who has ever wanted to really present your students and represent them um, in a way that's professional and put them forward for opportunities in film and television and TV and commercial and theatre and musicals and just really leverage the talent that you have in your space and create an amazing dream studio space where people can go to the next level with you then you got to check out Talent Manager Bootcamp. It is an eight-week course that I've designed and it's launched today, June 7th, 2022, and the doors are only open for eight days, okay? To learn more about Talent Manager Bootcamp and how you can be a talent manager and create your own in-house talent management service within your studio, head to josephinelancuba.com forward slash TMB. I'll also put the notes, the links rather in the show notes for you. All right. Loving it. I can't wait to see you guys. Um, it's going to be an amazing launch round for this course. And now ready to jump in to today's topic. Here we go. Hey there, I'm Josephine Lancuba and you're listening to Business Arts and All That Jazz. I've been immersed in the creative business world and performing arts industry for over 20 years. I know from experience that being an artist, a creative or running a creative business can be a tough gig, but I'm here to tell you it's possible. I went from having zero dollars to my name and living below the poverty line to then living paycheck to paycheck, to finally living a life of comfort, happiness, passion, and even stability. In this podcast, I peel back the curtain and share with you the ups and downs of my journey. Plus, I tap into the minds of creative industry experts to discover their paths to success. I know you have a spark inside of you, that little voice that tells you to reach for the stars. 
I want to help you step into your limelight to have the courage to live a life you dream of, a life that you design. So get ready to be entertained and inspired as we talk business, arts, and all that jazz. Hey, 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 it's Josephine here. And today I'm going to be talking about the do's and don'ts of partnerships. Now, in this podcast, I'm going to be covering three things to look for when collaborating with a partner, a business partner, of course, and I'm going to share my horrendous experiences (laughs) as well as my good ones. Now, it's fair to say that I've had a few doozies when it comes to partnering with people in business. I started collaborating with others creatively in projects. Gosh, I think I was probably about in my early 20s, right? I've had many, many collaborations when it comes to putting on projects, shows, um, events, that sort of thing. Um, But I've only had a few what I call partnerships. So collaborations might be when you and another business or you as an individual and another individual come together with a collective goal to create something. And and collaborations are a beautiful thing. When you go to that real next level and you sign up to be a partner with someone in business, and we're talking about equity share here, then that's when it can get a little bit trickier and you really need to make sure that you're making the right decisions And you're not going to bed with someone who is a doozy. (laughs) Now, my very, I've had four main ones that I'd say were what I would call partnerships. Um, The first one was with a lovely friend who I'm still friends with now. It was a great learning experience. We were in our early 20s and we started a choreography service for artists looking to put on shows. Um, It was predominantly for independent artists. And um, yeah, we learned a lot. Uh, We had one client who didn't pay us. Uh, well, he didn't pay most of it anyway. And, um, you know, we were in our early 20s. We had a blast. It was a real learning curve. And me and that person are still wonderful friends to this day. So, you know, we're talking, gosh, over, oh, I didn't even know, 20 years ago or something like nearly 20 years ago. So, you know, no hard feelings there. That was just us feeling out the world of business, feeling out the world of, um, you know, being creative entrepreneurs, I suppose. The next business partner was a little bit more serious. So I met them when I was in my mid-20s and I was really at the peak of wanting to be an artist at the time. Now, she had her own performing arts studio and being a young person, I thought, wow, you know, she was 20 years older than me or something like that. She was in her 40s and I was in my 20s. And I thought, wow, she's so accomplished. Look at this amazing studio she's built and she's got all these students. And, you know, it just so well presented that I thought they had they had more knowledge and experience than um than they really did. And so anyway, I jumped into bed with them and for a couple of years actually ran musical theatre programs for young people with this particular person. Now, that went really, really badly. Um, 
we actually, I actually ended up having to seek legal advice and putting out, um, you know, letters of demand and that sort of thing. And the reason it went badly is because firstly, we didn't have a contract. So that was really a red flag straight off the bat. And being young and naive, um, it's, it's interesting because I actually, it's, I remember saying to them as well at the time, I would like a contract, um, something in writing that really solidifies our arrangement. Obviously, I didn't speak as professionally back then. I was only young. And they said, oh, you know, we don't need to get solicitors involved, that sort of thing. And I should have known that was a red flag then. Also, I didn't have access to the bank accounts. So I wholly 100% trusted my partner and her husband, who I was partners with two people that were a married couple. I wholly entrusted them to do the right thing with the finances and balance the books. That was a really ridiculous, naive mistake and obviously something I'd never do again. Um, I kept pushing to have a shared account. I wanted access to the bank and they were like, that's okay. We've got it all un under control. They would manage payments for me. I was just so naive when it came to numbers. So we didn't have a contract. I didn't have access to the bank accounts. So when it came time to part, because I wanted to, to part ways, I just felt that in the end, they were wanting to spend money on things that I wasn't comfortable with. That was essentially um, going to promote the brand that I wasn't signed to. I started becoming a bit more cluey and I started to recognize that I'm in a really vulnerable position here because I have nothing in writing. I don't even have a bank account. I mean, it was ridiculous. So anyway, I decided I wanted to leave that arrangement and split our split our money and, and go separate ways. That's when it went really badly. And um, yeah, they basically stole uh, thousands of dollars worth of gear and equipment that I had stored in their studio. Um, they emailed all of the clients telling them that they're no longer affiliated to me. They kept the entire client base and told them that I was in breach of contract and that, and, and basically really tarnished my reputation at the time. It was bad. It was bad, but I learned a lot from that. And I think being so young, I was able to bounce back. But anyway, that was my second hurrah in business partnership. And again, I'm not talking about collaborations, um, um, creative co collaborations. I'm talking about actual, you know, signed partnership deals. The next one, my third one, was with someone who was a friend of mine. Um, she was actually originally my agent and then became a friend and we went into partnership. But unfortunately, she wasn't much of a doer. So I was the doer in the relationship. And she came up with all these ideas, but didn't really have any execution. And so, you know, even though she'd think if she, she might power down and do a week of work and then basically go dormant for a month after that. And that was her idea of working hard. And I guess for me, we didn't really see eye to eye in our vision and we didn't see, we didn't have the same work ethic. Let's put it that way. We didn't have the same work ethic and we didn't share the same vision. So that was never going to work. Uh, she left me in the lurch and, and left the partnership and then 
I accepted and then I gave it back to her and then we went back into bed together again, uh, you know, a, a year or two down the track after that. She had some mental health issues that she was dealing with and I was trying to be supportive at the time. But essentially, it just didn't work out. Then, oh God, this was probably, I mean, they were all fairly bad in their own ways, but this was the worst, I suppose. I went into partner with, partnership with someone when I had just had my second child. I was probably only, oh God, how old was my son? He was maybe a month old. And I was left in the lurch by this other business partner to run this business by myself. And I just didn't believe I could do it at the time. Um, it was a talent agency. I was suffering severe imposter syndrome, but also fatigue from being a mum of two and a new mum of a, a, a newborn baby. So I was tired and um, yeah, I just had this business dumped on me and I, and I felt very vulnerable. So I reached out to someone in desperation. Yeah, so I was desperate for help. I reached out to someone in desperation to partner with me. And they were not the right fit. Not only did they lack the, the experience required to be in an agency role, they just weren't one of my people. <laughs> we didn't. I, I thought we were friends and everything was fine in that respect, but we, we just weren't the same people, you know. And again, we had a different vision. I mean, I was even convinced to open up a record label with this partner. And this is something I'd never even considered. The inflexibility of this woman, especially after having a baby, was unbelievable. I mean, we were very far apart in our locations, like over an hour drive. And, you know, there'd be meetings that she'd want to have with people and artists that didn't really necessarily bring direct income. And I would say, oh, look, you know, I think it would be better if we just did it via Zoom or if we did it on the phone. And she'd be like, no, Joe, you've got to get here. I want you in person. And I kind of just did it. I don't know why I didn't have a backbone, but well, I do know it was because I was a new mum and I was tired and I felt vulnerable and just didn't really have the guts to speak up against what I knew wasn't right. Anyway, I was treated pretty badly in that relationship too. Um, I used to get emails in caps letters basically telling me what to do and how to behave. And, um, and I remember trying to be very amicable and saying, excuse me, but you know, when I receive an email in full caps letters, and you're telling me, basically shouting at me in email or text. And that's what was the intention, by the way, of these messages. I would say, look, that makes me uncomfortable. I really would like like it if you didn't send me these types of emails. And she'd be like, oh, yes, yeah, sorry, Joe, I won't do that. And lo and behold, uh, two weeks later, it's like that conversation never happened. And it was very much in one ear and out the other. In other words, she didn't give a crap about how I felt and... Um, was basically a bit of a bossy boots, but didn't know what she was doing. So I was taking direction from someone who lacked any experience in what was required to be successful in the role. So anyway, that didn't work out. Um, I had to seek legal advice. I ended up buying her out of that business. 
and um, so glad I did, you know. Um, so, so those are the sorts of partnerships I've had. Now, it sounds really bad, but I want you to know that partnerships can also be a beautiful thing. I've had wonderful collaborations with businesses, um, you know, where we support each other, we promote each other, we help each other grow. And that works really well because we have a common goal, we share the same vision, and it's not out of desperation, it's out of strategic planning and thought. And that's really important. Now, I'm going to share with you, as promised, the three things to look for in a partner. So, what you want is number one, someone with skills. Now, by the way, these three things I'm going to give you, you could either have, they may have one or the other, two or three of them, right? But they've got to at least have something, okay? So number one thing to look for is skills. Those skills need to be relevant, relevant to what you're about to do and what you are doing. Those skills also need to complement you, okay? So if everyone's got the same set of skills, then maybe that's not actually the best mix. So you might need someone who's got more of a tech background or someone that can help you on that side of things. Like if you want to build an app and you're both um, just the ideas people but have no one in tech, then that's not going to work. You know, you need someone to understand that side of things. Um, whatever it is, the skills need to be aligned with each other and you need to need what they're good at, yeah? Some people don't have money, so they bring in their skills and that's called sweat equity, yeah? And I'm sure some of you would already know that, but the point is, you know, it's really important to be sure that those skills are complementary to yours and are needed. Number two, money. <laughs> so if they don't have skills, maybe they've got money. Not such a bad thing, right? Sometimes we need people to invest in what we do. So they might come on and say, you know what? I'm not from this space, but I have a bunch of money that I'm willing to invest in the idea because I believe in you. I believe in the idea and I have the money to support the idea, right? So money is a great one. Um, the thing about what I've done in the past with these partners, everything that I, the people that I've connected with have only ever had skills, right? I've never partnered with, except for collaborations, again, that's a separate story, but those four people that I talked about, um, first one being a lovely friend and the other one being three doozies, <laughs> is that they were all skill-based collaborations, skill-based partnerships, but none of them had money. So I found that as I went further in my journey where I had literally zero dollars when I first started to making a little bit of money to the next one, then having more money for the next, and then finally my final partnership, having, you know, having some finance behind me, I felt it very hard actually to collaborate with someone who didn't have money because if I wanted to invest in something that I thought would grow and develop the business, 
that would get shut down because we were at very different um, wavelengths when it came to our money mindset. So, and we just, we just had different financial capabilities. So money is actually an important one. And, um, you know, like I said, they've either got the skills, they might have the money, maybe they have both. That'd be good. <laughs> okay, that'd be great. Um, yeah, so money to contribute to the business and to help it grow. The third thing to look out for is, do they have contacts and connections? And again, this has to be relevant connections, right? So we're not talking about, oh yeah, I know people at, you know, down at the local radio station. I mean, that's great, but is that going to grow our business? So they need to have good contacts and strong connections that are relevant to your field that can help you accelerate and grow, okay? Now, again, the, the people I, I was um, connected to didn't have those connections. And, and connections is something that I've built over time through just being present. And um, I actually am a little bit of a connector, to be honest. So I'm very much um, do enjoy networking. I always try to be as present as I can be. Um, I take part wherever I can. If I build a relationship with someone or um, within the industry, I keep connected to them, whether even that just be through social media and send them a message every now and then or just engage with them online a little bit. Um, you know, that's how I've built my network over the years. But some people have some serious networks that you could absolutely tap into. I mean, they might be best friends with the person at, you know, Channel 10 who you're pitching to, your, your television show to. So, you know, contacts and connections can be a great one. I mean, obviously, if you're starting a PR agency, <laughs> to have contacts and connections would be amazing, right? Um, so, so, you know, collaborating with the right people there. So there you have it. You've got skills, number one, money, number two, number three, contacts and connections. Now, they might have, like I said, they might have one of these things. They might have two of these things, or you could find what's called a unicorn. I love that. I love that term. I've seen it thrown around a little bit, but a unicorn, someone who has skills, money, and connections, right? Now, if you find a unicorn, hold on tight and <laughs> go for the ride because that is a wonderful partner for you. And remember, they need to be relevant to you. So skills are great, but they need to be relevant. Money's money. Connections are wonderful, but they need to be relevant. Those contacts need to be relevant to whatever you're putting out there. So if you find a unicorn, hold on tight, okay? Before I wrap up today, I think it's really important also to mention, aside from, you know, what to look out for to find a good partner and maybe how to avoid those doozies, is you must share the same vision, so before you start with someone, make sure that you actually sit down and talk to them about what you want and what they want and do your paths align. 
Now, obviously, your ideas can grow and evolve, and that's okay. But I think to start with, you know, to start a business without even having that conversation with your potential partner is a recipe for disaster. And I've learned that the hard way. You need to sit down. You need to be sharing the same goals and visions. Yeah. The other point is you cannot seek a partner out of desperation. Desperation will guide you to the worst possible match you can ever imagine yeah and I've done it I've done it you know being a new mom or things like that or just not backing myself or having imposter syndrome and not believing I could have done it on my own mind you just skipping back to that story when I was with that person that I chose out of desperation um, it didn't last long like I was so over the relationship the business partnership six months in and I was already off to the solicitor's office to see if I could buy it off them. It was such a mistake to even partner with them. And that is because I went with, I went with them out of desperation. My baby brain was not a functioning one at the time and it was foggy. It was so foggy. But anyway, we live and we learn. So we'll never do that again. Um, yeah. So making sure that you share the same vision, you don't seek people simply out of desperation. You do, however, seek people with skills, money and connections. And another thing that I find people do um, when it comes to business partnerships is they go with their friend or family member. Just be really cautious of that. I believe um, I heard Janine Alice in, in an interview once say that she never does business with friends or family because she doesn't want to tarnish those relationships. And it is a risk when you go into a partnership with friends or with a family member. It is a risk that you could potentially damage a beautiful relationship yeah so just be again mindful to follow the same path that you would in seeking any business partnership just because they're your sister or your mom or your best friend if they don't have the skills the money or the connections if they don't share the same vision as you then they are not the right partner for you you must follow the same path of logic as you would with a stranger yeah that's really really important and of course always have a contract <laughs> i've learned that the hard way too but i was young i was feeling it out i was figuring it out and i think that that's okay um, now that i'm 38 obviously i've learned a lot <laughs> from my journey um and you know and i'm a mum, and i don't have time for that crap i don't have time to waste on people that are not aligned with what I am going for. So anyway, I hope that you've learned something from that. I hope that I have given you some ideas around partnerships and the do's and don'ts of getting into bed with someone when it comes to business partnerships. All right, beautiful people, have a wonderful day. Now, I recorded this episode a while back, which I mentioned um, in the in the intro. So I just wanted to add actually a fifth 
um, partnership slash collaboration person um, that I have worked with uh, very recently, actually. Um, and that is a beautiful woman called Kathy. Randazzo from Bot to You Drop. She runs a party company, children's party company and franchise, um, you know, in all states of Australia, I believe. And she's got, you know, thousands of clients and she's, you know, just a lovely human who runs a successful, consistent um, business. Uh, we actually collaborated because she contacted me saying she had a client. Um, she needed a show to put on and tour for this particular client. Um and they were a big vacation care company and that worked really well. So because I write um, and I'm a creative and I produce shows, um, she came to me knowing this. And so that was awesome. And, and I've mentioned it in previous episodes and we ended up touring my original musical Time Machine to Melbourne. We've got some Sydney dates coming up. Uh, the client's interested in Perth and that there um, started as a collaboration. So meaning um, we're not business partners, we just collaborated on the concept. And now we're looking at actually <laughs> going into a partnership. So um, it's funny because like I said, the original episode here was recorded a few months ago. Um, and I was a bit concerned to release it actually, because I thought, oh, maybe, you know, the people I'm talking about will hear the episode. And then I've decided to let go of that because I don't really care um, <laughs> because I've not said anything malice. This is just truth and honesty. Um, all I care about is sharing um, information that can help and guide the audience that is listening truly. Um, and I don't want to, you know, I would never, ever, ever name drop anyone that I didn't do good business with. I'm not here to tarnish anyone's reputation or do anything like that. That is not who I am. And I will never do that. Um, I always wish people the absolute very best. Um, but yes, I am now after all these years of being really cautious of partnerships, business partnerships, after the experiences of a ha I've had, I am actually going into partnership with someone and we're going to be producing live children's entertainment and shows. And we're going to be touring shows and doing that sort of thing. And we're looking at, um, you know, this is a work in progress um, and we're looking at doing that soon. So I wanted to drop that to you. And we're looking at doing that really soon. Um, definitely by next year, all wheels will be in motion next year being 2023. Um, so that's exciting. Anyway, thank you so much um, for listening to today's episode. I know I um, just dropped in a little segment there as a surprise at the end. But again, I want to really bring home talent manager boot camps, studio owners and performing arts teachers. I am pumped. Doors are open June 7th, 2022 to June 14th. So it's a really small window. Reach out. You know what to do. Hit josephinelancuba.com forward slash TMB. Um, yeah, launch is an exciting time. Not going to lie. You put in so much effort and work to get to this point. And now I get to share it with you all, but only for a very short time because, you know, to constantly be in launch mode would just be um, too much energy, too much energy. I, I do short stints, um, short and meaningful stints, and that's it. And it won't be back for a long time. So, yeah, if you've ever wanted to represent your students in film, TV, commercial, theatre and all that jazz, then um, jump in.
All right. Thanks everyone for listening. Have a beautiful day. Before you go, I just want to introduce you to some amazing studio owners who have come through Talent Manager Bootcamp. Please meet Stephanie and Caitlin from Ignite Dance Co. and Isabella from NT Dance Productions. We've just finished the Talent Manager Bootcamp with Josephine Lane Cooper. We found it really informative, but also super easy to follow along and to fit into our busy studio lives. Our weekly meetings with Joe were also really helpful in consolidating what we had learnt in the weekly modules. And Joe made it really, really clear um, and easy to see how much it would benefit us and our studio growth. After completing the course, we now feel ready to implement and are excited for what this will bring to us in our studio. Hi there, I just wanted to jump on and share my experience in the Talent Manager Bootcamp course that I've just completed with Josephine Lancouver. Um, I think Jo's such a great personality and she's managed to fit all of her information and knowledge into some very bite-sized manageable pieces during the course. Um, Each of the modules I found really exciting and I could see how we could easily implement this in our studio. Um, And also we had our weekly meetings which really consolidated everything that we had learnt in the courses. Um, I would highly recommend the course for any studio owner looking to improve and expand their current offerings in their studio. We have a bunch of amazing studio owners that are doing Talent Manager Bootcamp and have had great experiences and results. If you would like to learn more or jump on the wait list, remember, just head to josephinelancuba.com forward slash TMB. The link is also in the show notes. Thanks for listening, everybody.